0: Are you lost? Or are you looking for something? Walking around here, it's dangerous. It's not recommended for everybody. Kiddos can come along, but They're gonna only have more questions than answers. But that's part of this journey. Enter if you dare. My name is Dakota Franzen, And this is specialist of the Strange Radio Show. Where we go into various topics of the unknown. Life, and maybe just maybe we'll discover something new along the way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. You're not gonna want to miss this. Good evening ladies and gentlemen. My name is Dakota Franks and I am the one and only specialist of the strange. How's everybody doing this fine September? Weather's starting to cool down, we got the fall setting in. Maybe some of you are like me, and uh you like going to stores and getting some fun stuff to do for Halloween, maybe a stash up some candy for yourself, oh I know i know i do me loves me races all right last week on the show we talked about safety in dealing with the supernatural it didn't really go into the spiritual side of things it went to common practices that everybody should take into consideration when dealing with this sort of activity Because I'll be honest, there's a lot of you who have tried to suggest that I create programs in order to teach people how to deal with potentially harmful supernatural activity. The problem is with that, a majority of the problems I faced came from the living. I'll say it right now. I had no problems. Most of the issues I've ever dealt with involving a paranormal investigation meant dealing with assholes in the living. And this episode is going to dig a bit more into it. The title of this episode is Mental Health and the Supernatural. I want to go into real quick, especially being that it is Suicide Prevention Month, and last week on the th- Thursday the 10th, it was World Suicide Prevention Day. And being that, if any of you follow social media heavily, you know that there's a video that's uh, floating around of a gentleman taking his own life. And some sick fucks out there decided to try to hide it in order to trick people into seeing it, thinking that they're watching an innocent cat video. So, we got a lot to cover today. Being that this is a very sensitive area for a lot of people, there are a lot of people dealing with this. I just had a client, in fact, I just had a client that uh, had to be hospitalized. She's doing okay. She's doing okay. We got her back. That's the important part right now. Being that this is a sensitive area, this is a trigger warning. So if any of you cannot handle dealing with this level of unfortunate truths about the world, even though it does play heavily into the supernatural, I'm going to need you to turn this off right now. Find yourself a new program. But for those of you who may be like me and can handle these things, those of you who want to try to help people, there's a pretty good chance that this, the materials I'm about to discuss in this episode are something that you absolutely need to hear. So batten down your hatches, brace in, get yourself comfortable, because we're going to take a little bit of a walk on the dark side. God, I wish I was kidding. Once again, my name is Dakota Franson. I am the specialist of the strange. And for those of you who feel like you need to listen to this but may not be sure that you'll be able to handle the contents, I'm going to go discuss some measures that I have in place to try to help people that you may want to take into consideration granted a majority of it is tailored more towards the audience those of you who are in the united states i have done my best to try to compile resources that apply to international audiences so no matter where you are in the world as long as you can understand the words that are coming out of my mouth right now This may be able to help you. We're going to take a quick commercial break, then we're going to get right into it. You ready? Because trust me, I wish this was a topic I did not have to discuss. So stick around. Don't you dare go anywhere. If you've made it this far, that is. So, let's get right into it, shall we? We all have heard the stories... Of uh, young kids being wiser than their age. Seemingly being intuitive to things that they should have no clue about. And seemingly seeing and talking to things that just aren't there now commonly used argument is that uh, kids are just weird and that may be the case if you got a little one around you that I just that's my just little description sounds like it applies to you could very well just have a weird child think uh baby charlie on season five of lucifer (laughs) for those of you who are fans But what about the off cases where other things tend to happen that seem to validate something's going on with the kid? Here's an example that yours truly did. Say that a child walks up to a mother, or in my case, stepmother... And puts their hand on the mother's stomach and says, this is where my baby sister is. Now, the mother in question, no symptoms of pregnancy, no changes in mood, nothing, hardly anything. In this case, it would have been her first child, my stepmother. The baby in question was one of my half-sisters. Now, being that I just fumbled that explanation up, shortly after this incident took place, my stepmother went to the doctor's office, had a pregnancy test done, and, well, I already spoiled the end of that story, now didn't I? What about kids who seem to be talking to what you just assumed was an imaginary friend, now all of a sudden... You're seeing things move around by themselves you're seeing shadows hearing voices you may have even been able to capture these things on camera what about those cases what is so what is so weird about those cases well The fact of the matter may be a little disturbing you see a lot of people will try to explain cultural influences for those abilities suddenly turning off as the baby gets older sometimes they start around they start talking right around the ages of two or three By the time they're able to start processing the world a bit more, start processing full-on sentences, able to carry somewhat intelligent conversations, things like that. They may have been able to do it longer than that, but it's not until they reach that age group where they're able to vocalize what's going on a little better. To where you just had to kind of stop and look and like, what the fuck did you just say? Yeah? Ever had those situations? Well, right now, the prevailing theory is that uh, as the child grows older and as the child develops, their mind develops... Whatever portions of the brain that seem to be responsible for psychic-related abilities seems to get overridden. The brain is constantly rewiring itself. Now, for those of you who suspect that you may actually have a psychic kid on your hands, there's a couple of ways this thing can go down. Like I said, as they get older... The abilities may just go away one day. And unless you have one of those kids with the ability to remember everything they've ever seen, heard, written, read, one of those kids with a photographic memory, chances are they won't even remember these things happening in the first place. Once again, I'm going to relate to... There's truly, there, I honestly don't remember that uh, incident with my ha- younger half-sister taking place. Nor do I remember my grandfather acting impressed because all of a sudden his grandkids seemed like he had superpowers. Now, the verify... Bear- to just kind of give a little backstory, my grandfather was a big X-Men fan, and he also kind of did a little pot, so he was kind of, he had days where he was a lot like Tommy Chung. Let's just put it out there. I love you, old man, but you know it's true. <laughs> anyway. So my grandfather could have easily just been stoked that all, whoa. My grandkids got superpowers. Could have easily just been one of those cases. Being that nothing harmful seemed to come from it, nothing was really ever done. Then, as those of you who know, know that I will follow my story long enough, it didn't take long for those abilities to re-manifest if they ever went away in the first place. And I just didn't register it. So, anyway, this kind of brings me to my second point. There's also the potential for the abilities to reappear even stronger. Now, what causes this? In some cases, it's uh, puberty. Puberty actually gives it a jump start, or it seems to. The only way to really verify this is to kind of strap a freaking MRI to someone all their life and just watch and see what happens. As a lot of you may know, that's a little difficult to do nowadays. And the fact that being strapped to anything could have easily influenced the results. Anyway, those are just a couple of uh, the problems that my thesis or the design, would it be design? I don't know. These are a couple of problems these ideas have have in place. Working around these ethically and effectively is going to be the trouble. There's also, now it's not just puberty, there's also the child being involved in domestic violence. And there are some incidents, especially involving sexual assaults, where puberty, especially in young girls, sometimes in guys too, where puberty gets an early jump start. Now, in the patients that have been shown to have PTSD-related symptoms, things like that, their brain scans essentially show higher levels of activity in parts of the brain that are more reptilian in nature, more instinctive. Now, let's jump back to what I was saying earlier about little kids. Their brains are still fresh. They're still trying to figure themselves out. The instinctive parts are barely forming themselves. So who's to say that these incidents of domestic violence triggering mental illness, aren't essentially kicking back on old wires. And there's problems with this. Anybody who's dealt with electricity, or just been around old houses that happen to catch fire, sometimes a little too much power in old wires that haven't been used in a while can cause a nasty fire. And there are major... There are side effects to this. Headaches, obviously. Delirium. Sometimes even psychosis. Paranoia. Because uh, you have the natural fear of... uh, Either becoming... Going back to the superhero analogy I mentioned earlier. You either have the chance of becoming a member of a real life version of the X-Men, or you're going to end up in a padded cell. Naturally, because of the stigma around these types of things, and the lack of understanding within mental health creates a lot of problems. And create overall dysfunction, really. But how do we go into this? Well, realistically speaking, religion, mythologies, folklore, urban legends, even, the occult, supernatural, paranormal, whatever labels you want to use to describe freaky things that go bump in the night. Stories like that have always been... A sort of coping mechanism to find some certainty in an uncertain world it's been like that since the dawn of mankind all the way back to Adam and Eve if you want to dig into religious hex, even though a uh, slight chance Adam and Eve were real and the things that we consider paranormal were there every day <laughs> uh, put it mildly anyway Being that this has always been a part of us, it has become ingrained in us. Mainstream science has found that certain talents like uh, playing chess, arts and crafts, uh, music, things like that, talents can be passed through the generations. People can literally be born a musician, be born an artist. Some of you may know a few people like this, where uh, at five years old, they have better art skills than entry-level art students. They may even have better skills than their own teacher, in some cases. Now, these things just don't come out of nowhere. They have been ingrained in us. There was at some point where one person figured out how to draw pictures, one ape-like thing. Even animals do it. And one can make the argument, oh well, they're probably showing it off to their kids and yada yada yada. What about the cases where The offspring has no contact with the biological parents they inherited their gifts from. Think about that for a sec. What about the kids that inherit this stuff even though they had no exposure? How the hell did it get there in the first place? That could be a case for a lot of psychic ability. Something came along to put it there. In fact, if say that there's a good chance that uh, one's grandkids can be afflicted with mental illnesses caused by experiences their grandparents had. These are all Legitimate studies. This is not just shit I'm pulling out of my ass. These are all legitimate studies. Difficult to replicate under the circumstances, but nevertheless, it's been done. Where mental illness plays a... It's also been found that mental illness plays a huge factor. What this essentially means is that somewhere in our DNA... Somehow, it takes in environmental factors, it takes in skills, it may even, in fact there's, I've only heard of this happening once, but I've heard of a story of a gentleman who uh, was working with some power tools, accidentally cut off one of his fingers right at the second knuckle. Then uh, later down the line, they couldn't reattach it. So later down the line, he has a kid, and all of a sudden, they notice one of those ki- that kid's fingers is looking a little funny. The kid real grows up, they look at the hand again. Wait, oh shit, you have daddy's hand. His finger came out deformed and ended up looking exactly like the fi- the finger that. How the finger now looked the finger his father lost now looked instances like that could be rare but they do happen and one-off situations like that le- feeds into mutations it feeds into evolution it feeds into Survival as a species, really. So the situations we may be experiencing now with mental illness may may in fact be an unfortunate byproduct of human evolution. And if we can validate whether or not psychic powers may be playing into that, even though those odds are minuscule at best like i said before on previous episodes this show operates under assumptions that certain things are real in order to try to explore how they may be real this episode is going to be a little different being that we are exploring mental health and how it affects the supernatural one male now going back to the uh, example of where folklore, mythology, things like that have all been possibly efforts for mankind to explain natural phenomenon. one also has to acknowledge the fact that the human mind, constantly sees, seeks out patterns in order to predict possible threats. This is well known. This is not some grand secret. The human mind seeks out patterns in any form it can interpret in order to try to predict possible threats in order to ensure survival. Being that's the case, the human mind also has a nasty tendency to be tricked into making comparisons. That's why they say, uh, guys, if you want to, you know, younger guys, obviously, if you want a first date to go well, take them on a roller coaster because, uh, the adrenaline highs... From the roller coaster ride can actually make you seem more attractive, more positive, and help keep the relationship going further on down the line. Who's to say that someone didn't experience something they couldn't explain and they did the best they could to try to tell that story utilizing what they already knew? That's where dealing with the supernatural becomes essentially the longest game of telephone ever. Now, being that this is such a prevailing factor, being that mental health can seemingly influence paranormal activity in a number of ways, on previous episodes I refer to it as Carry Syndrome, where mental illness, mental trauma can uh, stir up activity, and usually by the time, and being that's the case, as what I'm trying to segue into for the next, after this next commercial break, being able to acknowledge and deal with said emotional trauma is usually all it takes to for the activity to go away. Sometimes it may not be enough, but that'll be a topic for next time. Right now we're going to hit another commercial break and we're going to go dig into some things that you can do to maybe help yourself, help others, maybe, just maybe, save a life. You better stick around. And if you have any comments or questions about this episode, do feel free to get a hold of me. Best way to reach out to me is either through my website or through my social media pages. There should be a link tree link in the description below that will give you a listing of all the social media pages. You can find me on, you can also find affiliate links. Things of that nature. I completely forgot about that. Um, (laughs) sorry. Uh... affiliate links, My, you can also find my IMDB page, Amazon pages, things like that. Essentially, go check it out. If you want to reach out to me, reaching me through those. It's the best way to get a hold of me and make sure that I can actually see your messages. Sometimes they don't always come through. And and that's factors beyond my own control, so I do apologize if any of you tried to get a hold of me and that's what happened. But anyway, let's get to the commercial break and we'll talk about things you can do to possibly help others when mental health seems to be a prevailing factor in a supernatural case. Or even just regular life. What I found out when it comes to supernatural, bringing in... All aspects of the human experience altogether makes you a better hunter. So, let's get to the commercial. Stick around. And we'll get down into that. And remember at the beginning of the episode when I mentioned there might be some kind of disturbing things I talk about? This is the part of the show where it comes up. So, brace yourselves. Alright, ladies and gentlemen time to dig into the nasty. What should you do if you come across a situation where one's mental health is a prevailing factor? And, oh, excuse me. I am so sorry. Oh, sorry. This time of year, allergies tend to be real bad and uh, I drink carbs drinks in order to keep my throat, keep my whistle wet, as well as keep my throat clear. So, anyway. So, back to the topic. What should you do if you're in a situation where one's mental health is a contributing factor to a traumatic situation? Where And let's be honest, let's, uh, let's, we're going to have to get into this, especially because I want to talk about a little bit about that suicide video that's been floating around on social media earlier this month. Hopefully it's been taken care of, but, uh, people on the internet suck, so it's still floating around out there. Anyway. What should you do when one's mental health becomes a concern? Let's start there. Well, first off, this is the moment where you may want to take some time to try to educate yourself on signs of trauma, signs that uh, someone may be going through an abusive relationship, Things like that, psychology nerds. This is a this is up your alley, so pay attention. I'm gonna throw some case studies out there. Let's call them that for uh, in order to discuss this further, because this is a rather complex topic, and unfortunately, these situations. Are uh, becoming quite common and you may be put in a place where you have no choice but to confront something that will scar you for the rest of your life before you do anything make sure you have some sort of healthy coping mechanism to take care of yourself that's the important part You need to be able to take care of yourself so you can be able to hold up your strength and help others. It's noble, it's honorable of you to want to take a position where one may have to rely upon you. But do yourself a favor and build some sort of support system, some sort of coping mechanism, some sort of healthy release. So that way... If things go wrong and there's a good chance if you play around in this shit long enough, you will. It will at some point. Do what's best to keep you up and running so that way you can do your best to help others. Now, let's go into those case studies that I mentioned. say for these uh, studies I'm gonna these are based off of my own experiences so you may need to so they will be kind of formatted to where you're already up and running you have a reputation and For all the newbies out there who listen to my stuff in hopes of getting tips on how to take on this type of thing for their own ventures, trust me when I say that there will be cases where you're gonna be absolutely stumped. Or you may not even believe that these situations are true, given that it sounds like something out of a movie. If you those of you who might lean towards that direction, and I'm not trying to smack talk you if that's where your head goes, because I'll be honest, there's been times where that's happened to me. But just remember this, the ideas for those movies, it sounds like, the situation sounds like, had to come from somewhere. And sometimes, there's just a little bit of truth. Behind them. So uh, let's start you guys off with an easy one. Um, a client gets a hold of you through an email saying that uh, they believe that their house has activity. They give you basic details like you're, they're seeing shadows, hearing scratches, whispers, things like that and uh their main concern is that they do have two young children in the house that they don't want to be affected by these things what would you do i want to give you a sec to just kind of think about that and yes those of you who follow my stuff for a while now there you may already be familiar with the case i'm referencing You got an idea yet? Just for shits and giggles, why don't you let me know in the comments, or hell, even get a hold of me on social media if uh, you have an idea. Let's get a discussion going on this. I would, I would definitely appreciate hearing from you all, seeing your side of things so let's go into it now obviously one of the first rules that you need to consider if you decide to take on these types of things is that if children are involved the urgency level always goes up if children are involved in a situation Even if they aren't being hurt by it, the importance of the case is always given higher priority because, you know, kids shouldn't be having to deal with that. You respond to the client saying, I'll be more telling them that you would like to meet up in person and in order to discuss things further they agree you have set up a time upon your arrival to the house you notice that right off the bat it's the cliche image of a happy family maybe the husband's away at work the client that reached out to you is the wife kids are off playing in the other room and you exchange appropriate hellos the client begins to take you through the house as she's taking you through out through a tour of the house she stops at certain areas and explains incidents that happened there her familiarity with the situation that you are both in at the that very moment is essentially based off of things that she saw on an episode of ghost hunter so she already has a rough idea of the information you actually need you go through the house she details more and more then you start to catch on to things you start to notice that the husband that who's not there in the moment anytime he comes up in the conversation there's hesitancy there's almost a level of guilt Basically, you're given every indication, emotional indication, that something is going on with the husband. Okay? Now, that being said, you start to become a little bit more aware. Even though... The client is, you know, the house is fairly well cool. The weather outside is nice, you know, 75 degrees. The client is dressed like it's the dead of winter. Thick clothes, you notice that she's got heavy makeup on. She begins rubbing certain areas rubbing her forearms she's clearly nervous whenever the husband comes up so out of concern you ask her if everything's okay now as a side note the tone one of my mentors Describe the tone that you should use in these situations is like a late night FM DJ voice. Late night radio, FM radio DJ voice. You're soft-spoken, you're slow, your voice is calming. It's like those ASMR videos online. Anyway it's best to utilize that voice. It establishes comfort, it establishes a level of trust, and it slows the other person's mind down just enough to where they think clearly. And being that you're able to get their mind to slow down enough, you essentially get them to reveal things that most people would probably consider too personal. She reveals to you that the husband does not know you're in the house. She reveals to you that there has been some troubles in the marriage. She doesn't essentially go into detail, but you realize from her reaction that it isn't just... Some random arguments that anybody who's been in a long long enough relationship with, and doesn't even have to be a romantic. Anybody who's been in a long enough relationship with is likely going to have, at some point, realize that maybe there's something else going on. So, the best way you go to ask her, being that you're there for a paranormal investigation, the exact words you need to use is that: well, can you tell me if there is a pattern that you may have noticed? in which the activity takes place. Basically, are there times where the activity seems to be stronger? You tend to notice it more. Now like I said, being that you're using that late night FM radio DJ voice, you're slowing the person down, getting them comfortable enough with you that they start talking. The client says, yeah, um, I, uh, you know, when they go to talk to you, they may say that, oh, you know, now I'm thinking about it, uh, it seems like it gets worse whenever my husband and I fight. Okay. Now, if this, now normally, if, uh, you get in an argument with someone, nine times out of ten, if things start flying, it's usually because the other person has crossed the their violence threshold and is the one throwing them. Your last major clue about what's going on from the client herself is that there was an incident where a little coffee mug was seemingly thrown into the husband's face by an unseen force just as an argument was starting to get heated. You finish the tour of the house, you get ready to leave. Being that the husband doesn't know that you're home, The wife is wants to wait before until she has a chance to talk to him before you to set up an official date for the investigation. Now before we talk into it, take a moment to think about what may be going on. Now those of you who've been following me for a while don't cheat. Sorry about the weird pause. Having a situation with flies bothering me while I'm trying to record, so I finally got fed up and had to kill. Them. Anyway, so did you do what I said? Did you think about it? Hold on to your answer. Let's dig into another one. The young man gets a hold of you because he feels like he is being followed by a large shadow dog. It reveals to you that he's slowly noticed his life starting to change. Stray animals that would normally walk right up to him all of a sudden turned hostile when he was around. Friends say they swear they see some sort of black aura around him. He's having constant nightmares. Waking up with scratches. He also reveals when he went to talk to you that he tried to consult a friend of his. Who makes protective talismans? The friend made him a jade necklace. And that during one night, when this shadow dog spoke and threatened the man, he woke up from a horrific nightmare, noticing that the jade in that necklace was turned to dust, and his hand was sliced up like he had actually slammed it into glass just like he saw himself doing in the nightmare. What are your thoughts on this would this even be a case you would take this is case study number two it's a little bit shorter in detail but circumstances make it to where you're not able to meet directly in person due to the distance both of you would have to travel all right Let's go on to case number three. A gentleman calls you, almost in the middle of the night, desperate for help because he believes there is an entity closing in on his three-year-old son, who seemed to be possessing possible psychic abilities. This is not something he uses to describe the incident himself, but that's how the information was presented to you. Being that a child is involved, you take the call, you sit there and talk with him for at least a couple hours. He tells you that he's been scratched up. This entity, when it first, around the time when it first appeared, grabbed him by the side of the head and pinned him against a car, practically paralyzing him in that moment that the entity was present. Initially, he says he resisted, but as he started to accept being. Get used to it being around, started to treat him like a good friend. Would even sit down and talk to him about anything they were interested in. His wife reportedly does not experience the activity, however. There is a room in their house she calls the dead room because walking into it, you just feel this sense of anger, dread, a flat, (coughs) oh god, um, sorry about that, throat got a little dry, don't worry, you didn't accidentally catch an attack on, on the air, (laughs) I wouldn't throw out that possibility, especially with what happened with these last few case studies. Anyway, the dead room, as I was saying, just has this overall feel of just get me the fuck out of here. The activity had become so frequent and so aggressive that the family was in the middle of of moving across the country to get rid of it. Now, during the conversations, the client reveals that, being that you become familiar with cases like these surrounding some sort of mental trauma you ask the guy is there something going on that you need to know about you try to disclose to him that this isn't a situation where you're not going to call like child protective services on him you don't feel that there's necessarily anything going on inside the house, but and because Carrie syndrome is frequent, it is something that you will need to try to ask. You know how in Ghostbusters, uh, Bill Murray's character talks with Dana, goes through an entire list of: uh, Are you? Do you have any mental disorders? Are you on any drugs? Are you menstruating right now? Actor Dan Aykroyd is actually a well-known ghost hunter, paranormal investigator. He mostly does UFOs, but his family has uh, been known to do this for generations. So, he is well aware of these things as well. Anyway, just a random fun fact for you. You disclose this information to the client... Basically, tell him, trying to tell him, say, hey, I'm not trying to judge you if something's going on. I need to know this because this tells, in order to be able to, this tells me how I can help you. During the discussions, he swears up and down that he doesn't assault his wife, none of that. He doesn't assault his kid. However, he did take psychoactive drugs when he was younger. And that. And I'm not trying to influence your guesses in any way, shape, or form, but that's another episode in the future. So, with that information in mind, what do you think is going on now there's more of this I have one more case study for you and I feel that me presenting these four will give you enough of a broad idea to understand how things can things involving mental health can easily influence what is going on in a possible paranormal incident. And being that, and I'm just gonna say this right now, being that, you know, like for case study number three, the fact that psychoactive drugs has been mentioned, that may be enough for some of you to completely toss the incident out. But I'm just going to tell you right now, all of the incidents I'm telling you in this moment, are only fractions of the entire story case study number four a woman writes concerned about a possible entity that has been following her family she reveals that work has been done previously on the house a well-known there's a guest appearance here a well known medium, a well known hunting team has already been involved. She's been scratched, felt up by unseen forces, and she also mentions around the same time that while it's not affiliated with the activity in question there is they all she also says that her kids who are well into their teens now say that they keep seeing their deceased grandfather nothing harmful anything like that just... he just pops in says hello and disappears things like that now it is also worth mentioning that case study number four has also been known to have heavy UFO activity which is something that me realizing how long this episode has gotten so far. may need to dig into it on a future episode. In fact, I may just do that in either way, but anyway. Recap real quick. Case study number four. Client writes feeling that there's an evil entity that's been following her. Her kids are seeing the client's dead father their grandfather she feels like she's being attacked and stalked by something and this part i forgot to mention she firmly believed that in an episode of csi her and her daughter were just sitting back watching reruns and all of a sudden during a transition they see what looks like a devil face. What are your thoughts on this? We're going to hit that one last commercial break. Then before when we come back, we're going to... I'm going to need to tell you the results of each investigation. So stay tuned. You're going to want to hear this. All right. Welcome back. And I realize we have officially gone over time, but we need to get into these results real quick. Case number one. Upon further investigation behind the scenes and inquiry into the family, you discover that the husband has actually been having an affair. Ladies and gentlemen, when your partner all of a sudden starts to accuse you of cheating out of nowhere, and you know damn well That you haven't done anything chances are they're cheating or thinking about it they may even go to where they are physically abusive a majority of the activity was caused by traumatic stress however one entity what did reveal themselves to be none other than the clients mother who the two young daughters have actually claimed to be seen and playing with as if the grandma was an imaginary friend. Needless to say, after a violent confrontation, the husband and wife divorced. The wife and her two daughters are now living happily on their own and have not dealt with any further paranormal incidents. Case number two. Further background checks revealed no history of violence, no affiliations in domestic abuse, no use of drugs whatsoever except for the occasional allergies, occasional pills for allergies and cold meds. However, signs did indicate that the shadow dog was none other than a demon. And not just any random low-life demon, but one identified by, in the freaking Key of Solomon, as Vapula. Vapula. Or Nafula. The reason for the variation in his name, because when he goes to reveal it, when he goes to speak, he fucking growls when he talks, and kind of slurs his words a little bit. He's fucking temperamental, and allegedly, a Nephilim. The case turned into a full-on possession. The client, this exorcism was partially successful. The client was admitted into a religious-based therapy session in the hope, in the realization that His attachments to the demon may react similarly to a drug addict quitting cold turkey. However, post-traumatic stress-related symptoms occurred from events that happened in the demonic possession, during the exorcism, and after Fabula himself came... Followed me home and tried to kill me. The client took his own life. Case number three. Which one was that? Oh. cross country. While it was pretty clear that the client was being honest about not being abusive towards his wife or kid... The fact that he took psychosomatic drugs, DMT, psychosomatic, psych, psychedelic drugs, I should say DMT, may have actually altered his brain chemistry in which he was able to perceive spiritual activity at a much greater intensity than most people. The fact that he had physical attacks upon him say that these weren't on onth- late-onset hallucinations caused by mental triggers during the conversation i had with this gentleman over the phone one of the entities present when he walked close to that dead room personally screamed at i could hear the thing through the phone screaming at him to put down the fucking phone you little bitch he was alone in that house and unless his cat learned to talk like a 7 year old child he didn't fucking hear it That was one of the weirdest incidents so if anybody uses the hotline to call me personally i may have to record your call from now on for uh quality assurance purposes let's put it that way uh let's see the client was given instructions on being able to ward the house utilizing a special exorcism sigil that i designed and utilized against a Vapula. The client has not reported any activity whatsoever surrounding him or his family. They have still relocated and uh, are doing their best to try to adjust the life with COVID restrictions slowly starting to lead themselves. Case number four. The famous paranormal team that I mentioned that already looking into the case with the family members beforehand, none other than Ed and Lorraine Warren. Utilizing information the Warrens gathered about the incident, we identified the spirit as a corrupt soul who... When he died, went to hell because he raped and murdered young girls. The process for that is another episode in itself. But utilizing the same exorcism sigil that I mentioned in the previous two case studies, the family no longer has dealt with any spiritual activity that isn't their own relative. I also shared with them information on how they could possibly make contact with the deceased grandfather. And that has been helping the family move on from the tragic death. He lost his life to cancer. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um. Oh, yeah. It was hard to track the exact episode of uh, CSI that they were watching, but getting a rough time frame of when the episode was airing, I utilized TV Guide and the name of their cable service to track down an episode where the episode, I can't remember the exact episode title, but it included the devil in episode title and was able to find a rough clip that matched what they were talking about and some genius within the editing team superimposed a faint but distinct double face and I'm talking the cliche goat, horns, yada 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 into Part of the shadow transition. Working in the movie industry, I can tell you, 910 editors, the CGI artists behind the scenes have always been known to sneak in little things like that. Just as kind of a joke, so... And being that I was actually able to find the exact clip and see the face for myself pretty much rolls out any demonic influence in that department. So in dealing with these types of situations, it helps to have knowledge from as many different fields as you can. Essentially, if you're the type of person who can be a bit of a Jack of all trades, You can persevere well. Now, we are about almost 10 minutes over time. I want to go into the next episode real quick. I'll let you go. On the next episode, I want to go into the UFO connection a bit about case study number four. Being that several encounters with ghosts angels demons things like that seem to also coincide with encounters with extraterrestrial life so be sure to tune in next week it'll be the 25th I do want to I did know I did say that I wanted to talk about that video that suicide video that was making rounds on social media so real quick. I don't, I mean any disrespect to any of the family members if they happen to be watching, listening on this, but I've actually seen the video for myself. It was basically a self-execution done over Facebook Live. If, uh, and, uh, I saw, I'll be honest, I saw the entire thing. Um, if, uh, you haven't seen it yet, and maybe you have a little sense of morbid curiosity, I don't care how much of a badass you think you are because you can handle your horror movies. I don't recommend watching it. However, there's a little bit of, there's a little something I want to discuss real quick before I let you go. So, guess what? We're going to have an extra special long episode. Sorry, Um, I want to discuss a couple things real quick. Um, If you have thoughts of suicide, please do reach out for help. Not so long ago, another client of mine tried reaching out to her local hospital for help because she was having suicidal thoughts. And being that she, being that a lot of hospitals are still locked down thanks to COVID 19. And they didn't deem her as an immediate threat. They turned her away. The fact that they turned her away made her fall under a bit more. She tried to take herself on life. Ended up in a coma for five days due to organ failure. Seized out so bad, her jaw became unhinged. Yeah, it was bad. And, uh, I mean no disrespect for sharing this information. And, uh, the gentleman who took his own life over Facebook Live, not too long ago, and the people are being assholes and spreading the video around, he was actually, apparently he wasn't actually, he was actually an Iraqi war veteran who had recently lost his job and his girlfriend and... He was honestly hurting to the point where he was wanting to hurt others. He was specifically calling out for the name of who I assumed was his girlfriend over Facebook Live. She called him. I'm not trying to point any fingers here, but it sounds like he didn't like the tone she had over the phone. And that's what pushed him to do it. He was looking to hurt people on his way out. And unfortunately, situations like this are becoming a bit more common. This is the second time I've come across a case like that. And even wasn't even my case. I was just made aware of the video. But I'm just gonna say this. If you're feeling like shitty, if you're feeling like taking your own life, don't do it. You're you're better than that. You can fight whatever it is. There are resources to help you. There are resources that can help. Even though I just told you that story of one of my clients uh, being turned away, there is still ways you can get help. If you go into the description below, there's going to be a link on my website to. A page on my website that has international suicide hotlines, as well as links to various other websites that don't just handle with mental health, but deal with other resources as well. I also invested in a company not too long ago called Fisher-Wallace Laboratories that designed a wearable device meant to help treat depression, anxiety, and insomnia by simply wearing it and using it for 20 minutes just before you go to bed they say at least wait give it a week before the device starts taking effect but some people report feeling effects fe- feeling the benefits from it in as little as one session there have even been combat veterans who have utilized this device and managed to get relief from post-traumatic stress related symptoms better than when doctors tried to put them on drugs and being that the go-to drug seems to be Ambien, that's not a good thing because Ambien causes major sleepwalking. And with someone who's dealing with post-traumatic stress and dealing with situations where their body is still reacting like they're still at war, that's not exactly something you want. There's also incidents where people are driving to weird places I heard one story where a guy ended up in uh, his high school locker room buck-ass naked after taking Ambien one night. So, I invested in this company in order to try to help someone I cared about. But uh, that relationship fell through. They weren't the person that I thought they were. But, being that this device seemed to do a lot of good, it was even featured... an episode of the doctors on NBC it's FDA approved there's nothing but really good reviews on it do check it out a link to that company is also in this description as well as in that resource link I told you about earlier If you're interested in possibly getting your hands on one of these devices, your medical insurance might be able to cover it. Or you may be able to sign up for a free trial to where you get to keep the device. So if you want information on that, check out those links below, like I said, and, uh, just remember the fact that you're allowed to hear this message shows that You have what it takes to power through. Don't try to ice, do your best to try not to isolate yourself from people. The worst thing you can do is try to allow yourself to feel that you are alone in this. You are not alone. I myself have dealt with issues, and slowly but surely, I've been getting better. And that's just not my terms, that's from the licensed professionals that I have been going to for a few years now in order to help me to get over my own issues. It is possible to beat this. You can do this. You are awesome. You are amazing. I love you all. Tune in next week. Follow, like, share. Get this message out there. I will see you all next time. Be safe out there. And uh, maybe I'll start giving away free I Survived 2020 t-shirts here soon. So (laughs) something to look forward to. All right. All jokes aside, we'll see you next time.